Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hey guys, so I am taking a break this week because I am traveling Um, and also I don't know how I feel so much about Bravo and Housewives this week. I did mention on my stories on my Instagram page a couple of thoughts and feelings as it pertains to just overarching themes of racism and how... I mean, it's not something I need with my Housewives, okay? Like, I get that it might be natural... um, in the housewife world, but in the real world, I don't find it to be so. So I made a couple statements, especially regarding some things I've heard about OC this week um, and what we see is to come about Dallas after we got the mid-season trailer this week. So in any regard, for both franchises and for all the franchises, I want us all to do a little bit better in how we approach topics and people of other races and ethnicities because the world would be a really boring place if everyone just looked like us. So I don't know that's an old cliche and a trope, but it's true, okay? If everyone looked like Imani and was me, and it was a bunch of Imanis running around, I may actually have it be kind of a fun time. But in the grand scheme of this argument, it's not a good thing. So let's all try to do a little better. I will continue to cover these franchises and cover these shows as I see appropriate. Um, where I don't need to participate in racist behavior, homophobia, um, sexism, misogyny, all of that in order to do so. Um, and just talk about plot and character and who these players are that we love, that we hate for other reasons. However, what I won't do is pretend to ignore or be, um, oblivious to the things that are going on because I am a person of color. I am a woman and that in and of itself means that I can be a little hyper aware, but I'm also a little desensitized to it because sometimes it just happens so often that I can't pick every fight. Um, but this one, when it comes to Bravo, I think that things need to be held accountable. So I will be re- continue to report them so that everyone knows. I will allege. I will not make anything fact because I wasn't there. I don't know. But this week, I just decided that in lieu of all of that, and because I'm traveling, I decided to do a bonus episode with none other than the fabulous Megan from Bravo Happy Hour. She is absolutely fantastic. Her podcast is amazing. It literally is like top iTunes charts. Like she's, It's fantastic. She has great guests. She knows all the tea. She's really fun, really open and my honest and I absolutely loved talking to her. So we did a bonus episode about Vanderpump Rules and Married to Medicine, two of the more obscure Bravo shows. I know I normally cover Below Deck, which is also a little obscure and not a housewife franchise, but I just thought that there were so many things happening in the Vanderpump Rules world and we don't have a date yet that I needed to say something. And I needed someone who was equally as obsessed as I am. And Married to Medicine this season is beyond. And the reason I really wanted to talk to you, everyone about it is because I want to convince people who don't watch you're missing out, especially you should never complain about Bravo franchises and housewives being boring because they have so many good ones that make, give me hope about Bravo every single day. So I highly encourage you to watch. I did do a two 
you know, part episode. It'll be all in this upload, but one half Vanderpump Rules, the other half Married to Medicine. It's amazing what we are finding out about Vanderpump Rules. It's amazing what's going on in Married to Medicine. And Megan was down for the ride. So thanks so much, Megan, for coming on. And we'll be right back with Megan from Bravo Happy Hour. All right, guys, and we're back. And as promised, I am here with Megan O'Donnell, host of the really popular, amazing podcast that I just went on, Bravo Happy Hour, with a really kick-ass new logo, by the way. It's very cute. Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm really (laughs) excited. And, dude, my new logo, this has been my baby for the last six months. It's been growing in my stomach. And then, finally, she sent me the files, and I was like, (laughs) I love it. Thank you. It I appreciate so, it. so, so cute. Yeah. So I just went on Megan's podcast and so really, it was so much fun and it was a dream of mine. I absolutely love it. Literally guys, I know you all are probably already listening, but if you're not, you need to subscribe. It breaks the 200 literally every single week on Apple podcasts. And she talks all the good things that we love and watches literally everything. So there's no better source. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's and like mortifying is- it's like like I was on vacation and all I could think about was like getting home and catching up on my stories I was like Literally this is all, all of us all I care about <laughs> I'm like I'm in Mexico like eating a street taco and I'm like but what the hell happened with Vicky and Bronwyn like I have yeah I need, I need I need better these are the things that I mean that's <laughs> why we, we you know we found our tribes our tribe we found I we found our people through this world because we are not okay. We are a little not right where we can't even be on vacation without, without wondering about these people and these women that we don't even know, but like their lives are more important than whatever we're doing. 100%. My friends and family come second to Bravo. Ah, yeah, of course. So we, that being said, we are even going to go down a rabbit hole about um, Vanderpump Rules, a show that has not even been announced yet and is not back on, but we just still feel the need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then recap uh, Married to Medicine, which I don't talk about on my podcast every week. So we're going to do um, a recap and try to convince all of you as to why you need to watch this show. A lot of people just listen to Housewife recaps, but Bravo makes shows that are good for everyone. And we're going to convince you why. Hell yes. It's literally what I want to do for the rest of my life is to convince people to watch um, like unloved Bravo shows. Yes. And it's so weird because Married to Medicine to me gets not nearly as much promotion as a lot of the other shows, but their ratings are consistently solid. Like mm-hmm. they have, they're in their season, their seventh season. They are still not quite broken a million, but they're up 0.8. So they're doing better than Dallas right now um, in the ratings, which has gone up, but it's not that great in ratings, which is so unfair because they're probably the, the best one currently on TV. I mean, and- TBH, we were talking about Dallas on my show and we were giving it all the love. And like when I got back from my trip and I like was rewatching, I'm bored with Dallas. Like, I'm bored with the Leanne really? Deandra fight. I'm sick I'm of it. I'm very bored with Leanne oh. because I think her antics are pretty repetitive. I just talked about with Kirsten from Reality TV and me on my podcast this past week about how Leanne does this preacher some sermon voice whenever she's yes. like yelling at someone and she gets into this, do you know what she didn't do? Call mm. me. And Ugh. do you know why? Because actions speak louder than words. She is not my friend. And I'm like, it gives me goosebumps because it's so cringy. I don't like it. 
is no, the I agree. ridiculous antics I've ever seen of how to fight with someone and convince someone that you're right is to literally preach at them. And then also, I, I mean, this is obviously going on a total tangent, but I felt like the way she was flippantly talking about suicide in front of Stephanie, who's opened up about her suicide attempts last season and how she's been struggling with how people are reaching out to her as like a source of compassion where she's like, this is so heavy for me. And the fact that Leanne is like, I tried to kill myself three times. Like I should have been dead by now. It's like, oh my God, we understand. And no one's ever taken that away from you or discarded that, but time and place. And maybe you could be a little empathetic towards your friends who also have and had she similar minimizing. It's yeah. minimizing of someone else's experience. She did it to Carrie. She was doing it to Stephanie, her quote unquote mm-hmm. friend. And she weaponizes her experience to get pity. I don't want pity friends. And I'm a little, I think Leanne is being a little too sinister this season to stay. I don't think they'll get rid of her, but I think that she needs probably to be in the Carrie Duber route and be put away in the, in the shed. And we just bring her out like once a year. Mm-hmm. And the she thing is that with it's the not, not going to happen because she, I think was like the person that really got the show to get like taken off in the first place. Like, her antics are what we quote if we're talking about Dallas. Like, you know, they're just hands. You got your dick sucked at the roundup. Like, those types of quotes don't come every often on a Housewives series. <laughs> right. However, but I don't now, think she's even being the normal Leanne. Well, I, I think, think she's she... changed. And she's, like, very aware of the camera. And mm-hmm. that she's very consistently feeling rehearsed. She is not this unhinged, you know, loud-mouthed, unclassy but scratched her way up through society woman that we once came to know and love i think she's now practicing her mean girl antics like practicing being a queen bee practicing being the maven she's a little vicky gumvelsony but like without the 13 seasons behind her well yeah and it's also she's trying to self-produce at this point and it's like girl you're no bethany frankel she could self-produce and knows how to sway viewers to think whatever you want Leanne is coming off like very aggressive and she's thinking she's going to be the victim by opening up about her absolutely traumatic and terrible things that have happened to her as a child. However, you know, when you're using it as ammunition and not as like a real genuine way of opening up about your struggles, it just comes off as like ridiculous. And I think everybody's like, we've all gone through shit. Chill out. Like you don't need to bring up your suicide and your rape at a fucking taco stand. Like, chill out like there's time and place for everything and absolutely i think and it's just so weird because housewives i hate when they get to this point where they get to they start to realize their own fandom and that they can get bigger so they literally try to release less information and hold back mm-hmm. more as they get bigger and i think that that is probably what ends up tanking a lot of housewife seasons we've seen it at beverly hills we've seen it um with certain people in new york uh, we've seen it now with dallas and i think that's one of the reasons why i love these obscure shows like vanderpump rules and married to medicine and though vanderpump rules is like equally as popular as a housewife franchise they're not the traditional reality tv show setting that we've come to know and love from bravo and mm-hmm. i think it's because these cast 
really bare at all. Like, Vanderpump Rules, we've seen a lot of their relationships be bred on the show. And with Married to Medicine, the wives are equally as casted as the husbands. Like, the husbands are as equally invested. They're not yeah. just trying to, you know, amp it up for production. They are legitimately married on the show. We see their home life. Both the husband and the wife have confessionals together and separate. We've seen divorces. We see them actually like link their life to television and live their real life on TV. And mm-hmm. that's why these shows to me are sometimes even better because if you, I could get lost in a married to medicine marathon or a Vanderpump Rules marathon in a heartbeat from season one to now. Yeah. I just think like married to medicine, because you do see the husbands, it just goes a little bit deeper. Whereas housewives, like you hear them say like, don't talk about my husband or my children. Like they're off limits, right. they're off limits where it's, this is the crux of the show. You need to talk about the husbands. You need to talk about the children. Obviously the children are a little bit more hands off, but you know, the fact that they really went deep on Curtis and Jackie's relationship, Toya and Eugene's finances, like they have really hard hitting things. And it's also, Whereas some housewife shows, I feel like they give up. Whereas, you know, it's a rough season, but, you know, Vicky and Don, like, quickly get a divorce. People quickly get divorces. We're on Married to Medicine. They're like, we're going to actually trying to work it out. This. Yeah. We've seen a couple of filings go from filing divorce to being completely rehabilitated marriage. We've seen an actual divorce filing. We've seen um, infidelity turn mm-hmm. into therapy. Like, we've seen, and I think that's the difference is that housewives franchise is about the wives and then married to medicine is about the marriage so that's something that I really love but what I never expected to happen was to see a marriage aspect to Vanderpump Rules and that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have a bonus episode about these two shows um, and specifically about Vanderpump Rules because I didn't think it by itself was enough for a bonus episode because it's not back on yet and we have nothing actually <laughs> concrete to talk about. Um, we have some ideas what the plot is going to be because they share so much of their lives on social media. But we're going to see marriage life and coupleship life and like boarding together and living together. We've seen it a couple of times with like Kristen. But now we have Jackson and Brittany. We're going to get their wedding. Oof. And we now have Tom and Katie's second wedding that we're going to get, which God. I really believe Bravo planted that. I really believe that they really made it like, don't get the marriage license or we'll, we'll remind you or don't get it yet. Save it for the show. Or Schwartzy actually just forgot and then decided, oh, right, we need to go get it. And Bravo was like, save it. Just wait. We'll get a camera crew there and we'll go get it and you'll have a whole new wedding. Okay. Like, I think he tried to moonwalk the fuck out of this wedding in any way possible. He's like, get me away from her. Like, if I don't have to be legally bound to her, like, that's cool. Like, we can have the party. That's all she really cares about. She didn't care about, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't think that the two of them have, like, a stable partnership. I think we saw, like, the two of them going back and forth, even this past season, where he literally said to me, like, like how do you think it feels to have a wife whose voice you hate like what like yeah that's not if my brand new husband who you know we got married a year and a half ago was saying that to me like that's insane like that's crazy and also like the drinking on these shows are obviously aggressive and a point of contention that we see people 
like dealing with and now like Lala and James are like literally like not able to drink her anymore like whether it's on the show just for you know appearances or actually in real life but like the fact that we're like normalizing tequila Katie that's insane to me like she's a raging alcoholic bitch when she's fucked up it's like then you know what maybe you should stop drinking like that's it right especially if your own spouse partner whatever it can't even stand to be around you because you're so demeaning and demoralizing when you are drunk. It makes him probably either want to get equally as drunk so he doesn't have to understand and process what he's dealing with or not even want to be around you at all. And that's not a person you don't want to be married to someone you don't like because sometimes (laughs) liking is way more necessary than loving. You can fall in and out of love. It's like a fire, right? You can put it out, put it back on, but liking is like the wood. Without yeah. the wood, there is no fire. So exactly. if he does not like her, they will not last. And I think maybe he waited to get the license so that he could actually fill out, is this even something that I want to be in? Is this worth it? Two years later, maybe he decided that he did. But again, it's part of the plot. We don't know. I don't think we should have even known that because we still don't even have any real concrete facts about Vanderpump Rules yet. So here's what we do know. We know that there's been a rumor that it's going to be December 2nd. It has come out like that first Monday of December, countless times. Um, I've looked back a couple years and it's always the first or second Monday of December. It is a winter month show. However, Bravo usually gives us at least an eight week announcement on TV. It'll be a quick snippet. You guys have seen it. It'll be like in the middle of a very popular show on a Sunday night, Housewives of Atlanta, Potomac, something that is very popular has a Sunday night slot. They will slide in like the titular page like Vanderpump rules and you'll just hear like maybe yelling in the background or some kind of whispering and then it'll be like bye bravo or bravo coming December 2nd or coming December something like that we have not even gotten that and usually at the six week out mark we'll get at least the trailer we got it for Jersey we got it for Atlanta it's one of the reasons why I still think that Shaw's is not coming back even I know they're filming because we have no, there's no order yet. And I know that Pump Rules is filming and we know they're going to bring it back, but yeah. I don't think it's going to come 2019, people. I really don't. I'm nervous. You know, I think that there was a lot to kind of unpack in the season. Obviously, Jax and Brittany got married in early June, which is when they begin filming. I think they probably realized that, sorry, I think they probably realized that viewers don't give a fuck about the two of them sitting after the wedding and like opening up wedding gifts. Like, I think they understand that like, we need more, like we need more plot lines. Watching Tom and Katie, you know, eat Taco Bell on the couch another year is getting exhausting. So I think when they brought in the new cast members to kind of shake it up, they might've had to film a little later into the season to kind of accommodate some new storylines. Like that's kind of what I'm hoping, which would then lead us into like a later uh, start date for the season. But I can't see it coming in 2020. I I don't know. I don't know. I hope. But I, the thing is, I don't mind it if it's going to be wrapped up pretty and be like a gorgeous Thanksgiving feast that it's yeah. not rushed. Like a turkey takes time, right? Especially a good one. I want the long 19-hour smoked turkey of the season. <laughs> I don't yeah. want the real quick, I forgot to put it in the oven, I preheated it, and then like half of it is done, the other half is raw <laughs> and inedible. I don't want that. I don't want lulls. I don't want just nothing but fights. I want built up 
good plot. And I think you're right. I think that it means that we have to take a little bit of time. I think Jackson Brittany overestimated how much we care. And oh, I know that 100%. Because <laughs> I know they wanted to film all the things that led up to the wedding, but allegedly not the wedding. So we might get little snippets of it, but like not the actual ceremony. And I think that they thought that that meant they get to keep it private and it's not for us. But that's also why they needed so many sponsors because they didn't get paid because they didn't want to show the wedding. So get that. That's fine. But I don't care either way. I am only caring about whatever fight that possibly ensued between Jax and the entire cast, basically. But even that, Kristen and Tom Sandoval has both said it wasn't about the wedding. So then I really don't care about the wedding. But I think they meant that to be at least one to two episodes. But we don't care because we don't like Jax. And now because we realize Brittany is staying with Jax for so long, we kind of don't like that either. So beyond that, I think you're right that they needed to invest a little bit more in some of these new people. And what we do know is that they're all the same cast that we've had before is returning in some capacity. We do mm-hmm. not know yet how much Sheena has filmed. I do not think it's been a lot because she's been in Vegas a lot. So I think that there might be a spinoff there, but we still have no word on that. Um, and that she's been in Vegas a lot and with other friends. I don't think she's that close with the cast. What else is new? And Kristen no. <laughs> is <laughs> not, she's fallen out with her main witches which means that we'll get her in also some capacity. Uh, probably more than we need just because of the fights. But what we do know is that the couples will stand. So we have Stasi and Bo. Bo is full-time this season. He is Oof. going to be, he is contracted. He is on the show. Randall is also, I'm hearing, on the show, which I believe because I've been sent some shots of them filming and there is legitimately Randall's face in the camera. You could not edit him out. He is in front of it. He's a big guy. He cannot be edited out easily. Cannot miss him at all. And I also got some inside scoop from one of another podcast that I went on. She went to Sir one day and Randall was there and he was filming. But also we know that we have new cast members. So we know Dana. There is this girl, her Instagram name is like Da Danes or Da Da Danes or something like that. <laughs> and she's definitely going to be on the cast. And she is new. She is close with Lala and Ariana, who is also back full time with Tom Sandoval, whom I adore. Um, they're my favorite couple ever. So very happy they're back. Um, and we also have Brittany and Jax, of course, because they're not going anywhere. As long as there's a camera, they will be there. No, and 100%. we have... The Raquel is going to be full time. So my theory is that they're going to be doing veteran upkeep of who the veterans are on the show and watching them have these married lives and progress out of this servitude of, you know, having to be working for Lisa Vanderpump. But I also think that they're going to have a complete shift where we know all these new people at the restaurants plural that Lisa Vanderpump works at because the manager of Tom Tom has also been traveling with them and going to Vegas and partying with them when Tom and Katie got married this past summer for the second time um (laughs) and I've heard that there was also a new bartender because someone told me they were at Sir talking to this bartender and Scott Sheena's Scott um is that his name yes yeah right he's so boring like (laughs) so boring but apparently you can't yeah, he was there, and he was giving this girl 
that I was talking to, like, evil eyes, because this bartender was talking to her, and she was like, like, what's going on? Why is it so empty? And he was like, oh, they're filming in the back. And she was like, wait, what? She was, she knew the show. She was completely confused. She had no idea they were filming, filming already. And they were waiting to film a scene with this bartender, like, by himself. So yeah. we know that there is a new bartender who she said was attractive. She, I can't find his Instagram. I really want to know. But it looks like we'll be having Lisa's newer staff that we don't know who are going to be a central focus as well. And that is going to come from the Raquel Levis, you know, route of her working, quote unquote, at Sir. Well, I think now it's going to be just kind of attempting to bridge the gap between like the new and old. And I think that's where problems are going to arise. And I think that's what Jax is struggling with because have you ever seen the movie all about Eve where it's like, you know, like the old like uh, actress who's like the most famous one. It's like the tale is all this time. And then like the new young thing comes in and takes over. Like we have seen Jax time and time again, be incredibly insecure about his place on the show. Quote the number one guy in the group. So he's probably really struggling with having this, these young bloods come in and especially James. Yeah. He's always been threatened by James and James, like I always say on my own show, if on a Vanderpump Rules show or on a Bravo show, if they go outside of the main cast to go and film your family, like that means that you are on a different level. Like Stassi is always given that luxury. James has always been given this screen time with his family. Like Kristen, like I have no idea what Kristen's pa- family is like. You're very right. You know, I don't I, know I, about any of their family. Nothing. Stassi's and James. And we and see Britney's because like, we went to oh, Kentucky yeah. for a whole show. <laughs> hello like but also like we've met Jax's mom we've met his sister we've met Kristen uh Katie's mom who follows me on Instagram and I'm like do you not see me shitting on your daughter but I guess that doesn't matter um yeah she's like like (laughs) like and subscribe um but I think like Jax is just incredibly threatened and that's going to come off really poorly on screen because nothing shows worse than jealousy and it's the easiest thing to see Jealousy and insecurity show really, really blatantly on screen, especially right. with a, a you know a crazy person like Jax. <laughs> and you know what's really funny and weird is that what we also know for anyone who doesn't like stay upright with all of the Vanderpump Rules people all the time, they're all friends with James now except for Jax. Mm-hmm. Kristen has commented on both Raquel and James's posts in positive ways. She's called Raquel gorgeous fire emojis all that lala has been in the studio <laughs> she's called her fire emoji I love that. <laughs> um lala has been in the studio with james twice and posted it i honestly sometimes hate when they post so much because i now know what's going to happen on this show mm-hmm. like i know for a fact now what's going to happen there is kristen is going to have a fallout Fofty Gate was also reignited simply for the show because last time it happened, they weren't filming. So they needed it to happen while they were filming. And Lala was scheduled to go on Vanderpump, I mean, to go and watch what happens live. I also still don't understand what that was for. I know, I get it. People tell me all the time, she was in the movie. I don't care. I don't think that was necessary for her to go and watch what happens live for no reason. They could have had anybody else from the movie. They could have had the girl who was the main person in the movie by herself, but they had her on there. She ignited, he was asked about 50 Cent. It was reignited. That will be on the show, most likely. And then we know that Tom and Katie had to get remarried because they all posted about a second wedding. 
I don't think we needed to know everything, but now we know at least that there will be a split of some sort. We know Billy Lee will not be on. She quit the show, the, the restaurant, everything. Because like you said, Jax is so insecure. He made very, very, very bad mean, mean statements. Like I'm oversimplifying mm. how yeah. bad statements were. <laughs> <laughs> she basically was like, the jig is up. I'm over it. I'm not getting paid enough to be here, which I also believe. But you're right. He's very insecure about his place on the show. And I think he needs to sit down with himself, his Reiki therapist, and Brittany, and realize this will not last forever for any of them, but especially the veterans, because what we like about the show no longer exists. Well, yeah, like... You're right. And then, but I, like, as a viewer, I love a shakeup. I love when things Me too. move a little bit in any different direction. And at this point, I love what Vanderpump Rules has always given us, and I like the concept of it. But it does have to get back to its roots, which is in a restaurant. That's it's what made it It's literally called Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> yeah, like, it just, it doesn't... It, it just it needs to get back to that and slowly but surely everyone was leaving the restaurant and it all started with Stassi and Kristen just, yeah, Katie yeah. Kristen oh. told Diana suck a dick I really want to get back to that part of our life that was amazing Katie yeah. left you know well she was like one of the longest lasting ones there but everyone got fired that was kind of like the, the thing you know we were all nervous will they get fired will they quit now, I don't even believe that any of them actually worked there outside of probably contractually one day a week while they film, except for Sheena, who I've heard is actually sometimes there in general. But other than that, we know that they're not working there. You do not have a Chanel bag and work at a restaurant as a server. No. And you could, like, but I don't believe you. I mean, Lala being like, I'm driving up in my rolls. Like, oh, for your hostess job to like, it, like take your big long nails and try to like tap right. that screen. Like, okay. okay. I've heard that she was actually physically casted, like not yeah. hired. Where that was the fun part is that these were the people that Lisa Vanderpump hired. They were all wannabe actors, wannabe actresses, wannabe models, and they would read off their rap sheet of like, and that was the other side of it, right? We've seen in the news and in other things, like if anybody watched the Cosby show and Elvin from the Cosby show, he worked at Trader Joe's The picture went viral. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this happens to actors all the time when you're an actor and you're not an Angelina Jolie, because that stardom is very limited. When you're a working actor, there are downtimes and people have to still make money. So they work in other capacities. They do podcasts, they do hostessing jobs. And that was the fun thing that we had about Vanderpump Rules. They were all one to be these big stars but they were working for it and still working at a restaurant. We saw where Laura Lee, when she was dating Jax, and then she got a, she booked um, uh, Where the Millers. That was the movie that she booked. Mm -hmm. And then got the client list. I mean, that was fun. It was like to see them win. Will they get fired? They need this job. They need the bartending tips. But they needed these things while they were in the downtimes. But now that's not happening. I mean, Saucy's on a freaking book tour. She's killing it. She has fashion lines and they all have promotional events they have their own wines they have music careers james is on tour for his dj and i'm going to go see him oh, that's I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of that at all i actually think james is kind of great i think he's talented <laughs> I think he's very tv yeah <laughs> like above anything else and that's kind of what we have escaped from we're no longer at their roughing it clawing at the top we knew none of their secrets there's no secret Miami man that was like a sugar daddy to Jax there is no more of that so 
we have to kind of get back to that and meet a new, new cast. And I agree. I think a shakeup is always fun. You know, we saw Dallas was shaken up and they gave us, they took off Tiffany and gave us both Cameron and Deandra. And I think they've never needed to look back since. So love them or hate them. They make great TV. So are we ready for an entirely new cast? And are we ready for the veterans of Random Pump Rules to be phased out? Because I think they're going to phase them out. I definitely think that's what's inevitable. And last season we were given like the Kristen's not coming back. And everyone was like, no, no, like, don't do this to us. You're ruining our life. But it's like, okay, like, what the fuck does she do? She's staying with her deadbeat boyfriend. You know, now they've broken up. She got this house. She's got her dumb t-shirt line. Like, what, like, what, like, we need something. We need something. And her obsession with James is depressing to watch. And it is damaging. Like, you watch it and think, like, you were the way they woman. all ganged up on James at reunion was almost the end for them, I fully believe. I think I that's why they're all agree. okay with them now. It's because I think production sat down and was like, yeah, that did not go the way you thought it would. Because even if everyone hated James the entire season, right? Which is not fundamental. A lot of us did not hate him because they also showed the juxtaposition of how he was with his family. And the boy has some fucked up things, right? And he was young. Yeah. He started this show. I always make this case on my podcast. I hated the fact that people always compared him to Jackson, how Jackson quote unquote changed. Because A, that's not true. He has not changed. And B, the antics that Jax did in comparison to the antics that James did, Jax started the show 10 years after what James was when he started the show. Yeah. Jax started it as like 30. James was 21. The difference is James still has time. Jax did not change. And he's still, he's a 40 year old man acting the same way. And I think it's only going to get worse for Jax because I think, you know, as we've said, like, this is going to start wearing on him. And he is a, such a little spoiled brat and he's used to being the head bitch in charge. <laughs> and <laughs> as I said, Emphasis on the B. Yeah, right? You know, he is used to being that figure on the show. And your time will come, J- uh, Jax, where like people don't care. People don't want to see you abusing Britney. They don't want to see how bad this is going to get on screen. They don't want to see how much of a shitty dad you're going to be. Like, I know that's mean to say and like kind of like flippant to be like, oh, like he's going to be a shitty dad. But but even if you know, it was like, a great one, I think at this point we don't we don't believe that there is a redemption there that we could care about. Like, I don't care. I, I com- uh, compare it a lot to like Potomac when Ashley had her baby. People still didn't care for Michael. I don't care if he's a great dad. I care about the fact that we've watched you be awful to Ashley and awful to people for all these seasons. That's -hmm. what I care about. So even if your baby is great, great, you're nice to one person, but mean to the other million. I don't, that doesn't compute for me. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be good for him. And And he knows it. And like, the thing is, is that the two of them will probably like get some sort of like HGTV show in like six years, like apartment flip, like some bullshit like thing that they're going <laughs> to. Or when he goes to Florida <laughs> and decides to be um, a hockey tweeter. Yeah. A, a director of social media where he tweets about hockey that never existed. I'm like, dude, you do know, like as much as that is sounds like a joke, like social media is a job. And again, you need to have like, I don't know experience to run a social media department like it's a big thing now (laughs) more than just tweeting your thoughts and getting into twitter wars with captain lee on below deck it's like (laughs) a real 
version of PR training and marketing and creative strategists and all that strategic thinking. People can pay <laughs> a lot of money for that because it takes a lot of time. Just I'm not I'm nowhere near an expert, but just learning the ins and out of Instagram and my own Instagram page and everything. It's like a full time job to promote Literally. yourself and promote what you're doing. And the days that you don't if you go two days without posting anything, you're like losing followers almost by the dozens. Like it's people forget you and that's a major deal for a sports team a national sports team <laughs> like you know honey they're not going for you because of your name like that's not it they would rather get someone who has no name but all the experience and all the records to show that they can actually promote the team right but that's the thing <laughs> I think he's overestimated and a lot of even the producers I think they've overestimated how much we want to see them succeed because it now puts us in a really weird spot where we don't know what the show looks like with all of them owning $2 million houses. That's exactly. not what we fell for. And the show is huge because they were grimy. It was gritty. It was very much so like, I equate the grit of Jersey Shore and like the location of the hills like together. Totally. Like, it was very real and raw and they were a real friend group like Jersey Shore, but it was located in a glamorous place where they still wanted to be glamorous like the hills. So... I liked seeing them put together like Forever 21 with like Louboutins, yeah. you know? Like that was a fun thing to watch. And now we don't have that. But the funny thing is we could get it back because Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants are still existing. So we could oh. literally, she could go to any location and find us a whole new cast. Also, like a lot of what made Vanderpump Rules fun was obviously the sex of it all. Like who doesn't want to know who's sleeping with who and who's betraying right. who? Now no, one, now no one is fucking anyone. And obviously Tom Schwartz is a consistent cheater, but like he's too blacked out drunk to remember. I'm like, isn't that a red flag, Katie? Do, she's like, I just wanted to was, be married. He's blacked out. I'm like, that's also a problem. Like in addition to the mindlessly making out with strange women, He's blacking out all the yeah, time. There's some, there's some codependency going oh, on there. Like, yeah. there's some problems where they're no just aiding and abetting each other's bad behavior. But that like, also, like, what makes the show good in the past was, like, everybody was struggling. And you see Jax stealing. You see Stasi drinking on the job. You see Kristen, you know being insane, ripping cigs, and, like, you know, having these fights with Tom and literally telling her boss to suck a dick. Like, that is, like, that is the best thing I've ever seen. Great TV. But they were willing to be shameless. They were willing to go crazy because they had nothing else to lose. And now now, they have everything to lose. They have contracts out the wazoo. Mm -hmm. I mean, three of them are in business together. We will see a fallout with Kristen, Stassi, and Katie because it's on the show. But even Stassi is just calling it a break because they're still contractually obligated to be together. Yeah. Like, Witches of WeHo One actually did really well. So they have to be together in still some capacity. So the fight still won't even be like that, like mind blowing to us. We've seen them fight before, but at the time they actually could lose it all. Stassi slapped the girl, but that was different. <laughs> She actually had a reason to not want to talk to her ever again. But this is not the same thing. They're all, they all have something to lose. Brittany has had countless promotions. She's doing Diffie. She's doing um, eyewear. She's doing um, just fat. Uh, she's doing shoe dazzle, which I consider to be like the ugly stepchild of just fab because they're almost <laughs> the same company, but like the shoe dazzle shoes are not always as good as just fab. Um, and then Stassi has her just fab line. She has a book. 
She has her tour. Uh, she has the wine with Kristen and Katie. Kristen has the wine and T-shirts. Jax is doing his just add water X thing. I don't really get oh. what that is, but it has Lance Bass, which makes me even less interested. Um, and that's no shade to Lance Bass, but also a lot of shade to Lance Bass. I just think that he's a very weird component in this whole show. He is so intricately involved with everyone on it, but never on it. It's strange. He was the catapult to us finding out that Tom and Katie weren't really married. And that's mm-hmm. the, those are the only two people that I just realized don't have anything actually extra going on for them. Except for the fact that Tom and Tom have like 1% stake in Tom Tom. I know it's more, but it's under like 10%. So it's basically but, nothing. I mean, even that, like it takes what, like a few years for a restaurant to actually start making any profits. Obviously it's a different right. situation because like Tom Tom is always packed. Yeah. However, we saw Lisa was not signing real paperwork with them just because they might have given some cash doesn't mean anything unless it's in writing in a real way. And the fact that those two dingbats didn't even say, like, let me get a lawyer overview this information. No, they were like, uh, here's a, a, a bounce check, and then here's a um, uh, freaking briefcase full of cash. Like, right, and I'm surprised oh that they didn't realize that she wasn't seriously serious about them making the investment. She just wanted to basically ask them to have their name which i think she probably should have just given them money for the name and then call it a day because she didn't she's the restaurant's here so she's not actually interested in your input on lighting she's built so many restaurants she does not need your intake she knows what she's doing she doesn't really want it anyway but i really feel like the fact that they wanted to do a term sheet and she was like i don't need to do a term sheet i was like oh honey she has no interest in doing business with you because she gave us the, you know, the reasoning that she always just shakes hands and word is word. But I'm mm. like, are oh, you been in America too long? I know that's not the truth. Like there's nobody else in America that will have a restaurant with you on just a handshake. I don't believe Guillermo and Natalia did that. I don't mm-hmm. believe anybody else did it. Bravo certainly didn't do that. So I think she knew that, but she doesn't, want to give it to them. I think she just wanted their name, which makes sense. Have them come do a couple of appearances, do that, and then that's it. But we have, like, they're the only ones that are really not doing that much, and it seems like I think a lot of them need the show to last a little bit longer. I think that it almost would be humbling if one of them was like, I'm not making the money like I should be. We just bought this house. I may have overshot it, and I think I should go back and do some bartending for real. I mean, I think that's probably, like, the future of a lot of them. Because, <laughs> like... They'll probably what, come back like, and beg to be back on the show. Yeah, literally. Like, what? what is Katie Sh- Maloney Schwartz going to do after this? The wine's defunct- not going to last forever. We all have a bunch of wine. Like, we all drink no. different yeah. bottles of wine. Yeah. You're no, no barefoot girl. Yeah. And, no. Like, that's not going to be any sort of, like, long-term business. Her, uh, yeah, defunct blog. That's not really doing anything. She oh, just has another one. That Pucker she and Pout? Yes. That she had a whole launch party for. Oh, yeah. I love a launch party and then never posting anything on the site. Like, that's like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Landon from Southern Charm. Did, right. like, the Rome, the Rome party. And then, like, the website never went live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, Katie. But at least Ariana, she's doing, like, Good American. She's trying to get those promotions. They're working Instagram to the best of their ability. Most of them were built for Instagram influencing, and they have the audience for it. But that, to me, 
is better than looking desperate and acting like you still work at the restaurant. Just say you phased out, phase out, and then that's it. But you can't, I don't fully believe that Jax had enough money to buy this $2 million mansion that he's living in in the Valley with his, with his wife. I don't believe that they're going to stay married for long. I don't believe that they are even doing that well. I think they both live in a very unhealthy level of delusion. Mm-hmm. But that I'll watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll watch that demise. <laughs> I mean, and I think we're going to be fortunate enough to see it. <laughs> I think so, too, because he will never leave reality TV. He will take it with him until it is 100 people watching the show. The ratings could be down to zero, and he will be like, well, someone wants to see it on YouTube. So I'll just do that. <laughs> And that's the thing. I don't think any of them are nest need to be married and have done the work on their relationships or themselves to nurture a marriage beyond a few years. And that's one of the things I love about Ariana and Tom is, is Ariana is very honest about how this is not something that she needs, like a marriage to say that she loves her, her boyfriend, but also girls so that you can get out at any point in time. That is also it. And I think that's great. But there is a really good transition is that because they, they don't know what it takes to build a marriage, which is also very intuitive and a little bit of a foreshadow, considering when we do watch a show like Married to Medicine, we see all the work that it takes into maintaining oh a marriage, almost to the point of like deterring people from wanting to be married. Not that it's not a beautiful thing. It's just that they really show the good, the bad, the ugly, that you could love someone, have been with each other for 10, 20 years, but there are really low times. And we've seen that now on Married to Medicine with a few of the couples, but like it gets to be deep and that's one of the things I really like about it is because they suffer together, they build together, they grow together. That's not something that we see at all on Vanderpump Rules. They have all very separate projects. But, like, you take a couple, like, you know, Toya and Eugene, and we watch them have actual tax income issues and owe hundreds of thousands of dollars to the IRS and mm-hmm. work together to get themselves out of that debt without too much disruption to their life and being a team. And we don't see a lot of teams on a lot of these Bravo shows, like a marriage team. And I think they're a really good representation of a team in a marriage on Bravo. I would agree with you. And I loved when that, oh, what is her name? Oh, the girl from Love and Hip Hop when she came on the show. Jocelyn. Oh, she's wretched. And she she came, is. Oh. And always has been. As someone who's watched Love and Hip Hop <laughs> since its inception, she has always been oh. that way. <laughs> she came in so hot. And the fact that she was so disrespectful to Toya out of nowhere for literally no reason. And Toya sat there calmly and just said to her, she goes, we are stronger because of it. We are literally strong. We rode that wave and we've made it over the hump and we're better for it. I, I, I just loved how she kept her cool and was like, don't try me like don't try me like people go through this shit all the time and it's probably a matter of time before this jocelyn girl you know has her own tax issues that she's dealing with you know oh yeah i, I, I she just already probably does yeah 100 percent. she and she doesn't even have full um custody of her baby which is why she does not think that motherhood's a job and her telling oh. a stay-at-home mom of three boys or is it three or two but more than one boy of grown age enough to where they need to be constantly entertained I think they're like six and nine or something like that yeah like she it is a full-time job for her and um Jocelyn's daughter is like one or two like so and she doesn't even have her full-time 
her baby stays in New York a lot of the time with Stevie J and Faith Evans. I mean, in Atlanta a lot of the time with them. So, but just to in general go on a show and tell and just come in hot and not even try to establish a relationship with any of the women, that means you're definitely not going to be on this show, girl, because this show is fundamental about the girl code, which you've seen a lot this season, but like to come in and be like, I'm not interested in making friendships with any of you women, then I don't know what you're going to do for money, but it's definitely not going to be Bravo, girl, because this whole season has been about nothing but the friendship, the circle, and they're very real about that and don't try to do it the the housewife way or where they get like separate coffee and like go meet for brunch and avocado toast and have like a little powwow and then decide to move on but then in the confessionals never move on you know yeah these women actually go on like retreats and you always have one of them that is like the spearheader of all of this whoever's good with the most amount of people and (laughs) i've actually thought that this season so far has actually been pretty good and pretty real about how the show has been made and like for one thing this past episode mariah told the jackie we do this whole circle of friendship right out the girl code every year and every year it doesn't stick so why Mm -hmm. are we doing it this year and i like that she was honest and she's the producer of the show so i've been watching this season and i've been impressed what about you i've definitely been very into the season i'm disappointed in simone I thought it was so rude that she brought that girl to Toya's party. And Toya has opened up about her miscarriage and has been so honest and real and open this year and explicitly told Simone, do not bring Duffy or whatever her fucking name is. Do not bring her. And she just brings her, has no regard for Toya, who said, this is a very intimate thing for me. I'm going to open up to some of my friends who I haven't talked to about this very traumatic thing that happened to me with a miscarriage. And here you are with a girl who allows one of her guests to assault me out of nowhere at a party and then fight with my husband and call me ghetto or whatever she called her. Like, yes, I, I, I was like, I just was upset with Simone. She I'm should like, have you know given what? Toya the heads up or asked her. How about that? You don't just bring plus one to someone's birthday party. Well, they've explicitly been told they're not invited. It just, right. it, it just annoyed me. And, and I, you know, I've been going back and forth with her for a while. I think her husband's a mooch. I think he's, like, kind of a loser. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I like, I like her sons, and I used to like yeah. Simone. But I think that even, especially the way my downfall with her started when we got her, the way she talked about Quad, like, last year when Quad was going through her divorce and started her new job on sister circle on tv she had a real job and for the first time in a long time was able to sustain herself without mariah without her husband she had a job and she was trying to make her life work at a time where she was going through a seriously disgusting public divorce and simone was like what's going on with you quad catch us up and i was just (sighs) like wow abrasive and then she goes this little girl and i don't like that thinks that she's so much better than us. I'm like, she doesn't think she's better than you. She's probably embarrassed because every one of her friends are married and she couldn't make it work. Yeah. Uh, Have we thought about that? Like, maybe it's humiliating to be going through a public divorce with a man that supported you for a lot of years and not knowing what you're going to do with your life after that. Also, the fact that she's on a show called Married to Medicine and she's no longer married to medicine or going to medical school to be a doctor. So how is she going to get a job? She's trying to sustain her life. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, um, you're trash. Uh, what's wrong with you? Why couldn't you make it work? It's like, 
wasn't he cheating on her? Like, hello? Yes, he admitted that at the reunion and then admitted even more after the reunion. So, yeah, he's a little twerp. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. It's really not good. And I'm very disappointed in how Simone did that. And I think it actually goes to show how miserable she was in her marriage and in her life. But in fact, sometimes I think that whenever one of these women feel like they cannot express themselves or live their life to their fullest, they get very upset at the people who are doing what they really want to do. I think she really wanted to marry, to divorce Cecil. I think she wanted a little bit of freedom. She's been with Cecil since medical school. So early twenties. And she has wanted to be with, um, had her family, but she wanted that freedom. She bought that second house and tasted what it was like to be alone, but didn't want to disrupt her family and disappoint her boys. So when she sees Quad being able to divorce, she gets upset. It's much like my very real feelings about Orange County and how they feel about Bronwyn, especially Gina, who Oof. and how Shannon felt about Gina, how Gina felt about Shannon with their divorces, and how they all feel about Bronwyn is like, Braun is living her life out loud and making it work for her and has been married longer than any of them have been with anybody that they have yeah. or don't have. And she's the only one married who has all her kids and loves all her kids and her husband. And all her kids love her. Yeah. Know, triggering the Tamra. So <laughs> she's very Truth. close with all of her Truth. kids equally. And Tamra is not close with most of her kids. Right. So if you think about it, of course they're going to hate this girl because whatever she's doing to make her marriage work, well, I wasn't willing to do that. But that's also probably why your marriage didn't last. Not saying that mm-hmm. every woman has to have threesomes in order to keep their husband, but Bronwyn is defining marriage and family and life the way she wants to. And they're very upset about it because they were trying to do it in the most traditional, conservative way possible, but all of them are divorced and unhappy or miserable. So... Yeah didn't work so they hate the fact that she's living her best life and I think that was something that we saw with Simone and Quad and a lot of the ladies hate the fact that Quad has come up she did not do it the traditional route she didn't marry money but she she married Jeffrey but like she started from the bottom she's made it pretty much to the top equally as successful and lovable than them and they all probably thought that they were going to be the lovable ones but Quad was the outlier she was always a little bit more She was a meanie, if you will. Mm -hmm. She had the one-liners. She was a little bit more investing. She had, like, the cute little quips that made you go, (laughs) she's funny. She was a Bethany with the the funny jokes and the Mm -hmm. one-liners and the good reads on people. And it made her really likable. And they decided some got on her side and some did not. And I think that was where we saw the downfall between her and Mariah that we're still seeing now is Mariah brought her into the group. And I think Mariah really thought she would be the most lovable. I mean, she's the freaking creator of the show and the producer. And we got Quad, her little mini-me that she brought up, and we like her more. So then naturally, but they won't let her get rid of her because Bravo's like, she's too good. We can't yeah. just get rid of her for no reason. I... Even if she isn't married to going to medicine, like you said. Yeah, I can't, can you imagine she like goes to med school? Right. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to be a dermatologist. Um, I, I, I think the show is really good. I just think that sometimes they just project their own issues onto one another, like you said. And, like, I just think it's unfair. And Contessa, with this husband, who is, like, completely unsupportive of her, she's not going away for 30 years. She's not in Guantanamo Bay. Right. Where she can't I'm come back. Like very her- disappointed in him. And for anyone who doesn't know, what um, Megan's talking about is Contessa went away 
to medical school at Meharry, literally one of the best medical schools in the country, definitely one, the best black medical school in the nation, one of the earliest black medical schools. It is the quintessential place you want to go. She went to a um, HBCU and the best, the biggest HBCU, Historical Black College University for undergrad that produces the most amount of black doctors in America. They produce somewhere around like 90% of black doctors in America. And she went there. It is very prestigious. She then went to Meharry for medical school. She wanted to do something in the government sector for medicine and really give back to the world. I felt like she was doing, she wanted to do more and have a bigger purpose other than just being a doctor and a wife and a mother. And there's nothing wrong with that because men want to do more and more and more every single day, right? She goes to medical school in Tennessee. It's not even that long because her program was not medical school. So it was maybe a year on and off. And she was coming home pretty much every weekend. And her husband just could not get it together. He was literally like, I don't want to be a single parent. And you know what? I feel duped because for the longest since we met Contessa, her husband seemed like they were totally a partnership. But yeah. the moment she leaves, all of a sudden he's like, you're selfish for leaving. And then we get, what is this about? She went off on a girl's trip or something because it's contractual for the show. And so- he was like, well, now that you're home and no longer in your, you know, in your program, I'm going on a golf trip, by the way, with my friends. So really you just wanted her home so you can go back to living your life and doing whatever you wanted instead of having to stay home with your kids all the time, which she had to do. And he's like sick and tired of like making lunch. And it's like, dude, no, that's, you're a dad and there is a partnership and you see how supportive and a great mother Contessa is. So the fact that her kids now have to see her taking a step back on her career and her dreams to support her husband like that's sad and when the kids know like mommy's doing this for something that makes her happy and it's school it's not right you know it's it's not a negative thing it should be like your kids are gonna look up to you and they're gonna be proud of their mom yeah so young of course they're gonna say i miss mommy they're children but when they get older they're gonna be like my mom was a rock star she was not even just a doctor that wasn't enough for her she had to go on and do like be I, th- I forget what it is, like the medical general or something of the United States. And I think oh, yeah, a little bit of her husband, general. right, her husband was a little jealous that she was going to surpass him. That's what I think. Uh, 100%. Men Make are more so money, insecure. Like, do better. Find a man who's not competitive. Yeah. <laughs> and what was, you know what, she, you're right, she's such a good mother. I always remember and go back to the point of like last season where her daughter was choking on sushi and her husband was looking at the daughter and didn't notice it. Her mother, I mean, the mom, Contessa, she heard her daughter be too quiet, like was pitter-pattering around and running around. She heard her stop, turns around, takes her, flips her over, gets it, pats her back and gets it out of her within like three seconds. Like it was nothing. The woman is like a superwoman, like most moms are. And she just wanted to do something that made her feel like all of that great potential was put to a greater good where she could help even more people. Mm -hmm. And she took a year off. I did not see him not fighting her on taking a year off or taking time off to be at home. Like she did two seasons ago. He was totally fine with that. Well, that doesn't affect him. He's like, oh, great. My laundry's done quicker. Um, (laughs) Finally, like dinner's on the table every night. I don't have to worry. You know, the kids are bathed. I don't have to do that. You don't have to read them stories before bed. You know, it's just an easy way out. And it's like, there has to be compromise within a relationship. And there also needs to be support 
like general support of your person's dreams. And you're right. I think he's envious of the fact that she has really big dreams and really big goals and goals that are attainable for her. Like these aren't like her, like saying, Oh, I want to be the president of the United States. Like she could be the surgeon general. Like she's a brilliant woman. Yeah. It's completely feasible. And that scares the shit out of him because he's like, she, yeah, she well, I'm less home than. every weekend, people. Yeah. Every weekend. You had five days. They're in school eight of the hours of each day. They sleep at eight o'clock, nine o'clock max. So yeah. that means you're literally only watching them when they get up at seven, they go to school at eight, and then they come home. So between three and eight. So five hours a day. And get a fucking babysitter. Get a babysitter to sports. do sports. Yeah. <laughs> so like a two-hour activity. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I, I felt I felt bad for her. And when she said she was like, Are you happy? Are you happy? I'm like, he is She's happy. Like, don't make this about me. It's not yeah. me that's asking. I'm like, yeah, you did. You made her feel guilty every single time. Like she came home with fast food to surprise her kids and her family. And he was like, Oh, well, she would have called. You knew she was coming home. Don't pretend. And you knew that if you, she was coming home that day, the fast food was a surprise, not, not her coming home. So if the she's coming home that day, wouldn't you think your wife would want to eat too? Wouldn't you call her maybe while she got off the plane? Hey, let me know when you land. I'm about to start dinner. Want us to wait for you at the very least? Maybe you would tell the kids, mommy's coming home. Don't you want to see her? But the fact that they weren't even shocked that she walked through the door lets me know she comes home way more often than you would think. So yeah. how hard is that on her that she's trying to study and constantly going home? Like, be a little supportive. She's already feeling mommy guilt. She pushed these kids out of her body. She wants to be with the kids. She just also wants to do something for herself. She doesn't resent and think and feel the what-ifs forever. Like, sometimes, and it's, it's my own gripe with Dr. Heavenly sometimes because I absolutely Oof. love her. But her minimization of women constantly oh, is yeah. really, really stressful for me. I get it. Southern, conservative, black, Christian. I get it. I was raised in all of those things, except for the South. But all of those things, I know that all too well. But when Jackie was, before they went out on their girls trip and Jackie was doing breakfast and she was like, her husband was like, oh, Jackie cooked. And Heavenly goes, look at you, Jackie, being a wife. I was like, oh, no. Somebody just kicked me. That is not all that a wife is. Imagine that. What if the husband is like a professional chef? Would she say that to <laughs> the wife of a man who cooks for a living? Oh, like, look no. Look at you being a wife because, what, that's her duty? But if he cooks better, he's cooking. I'm not doing yeah. it. <laughs> I, I find her, like, old-school gender roles really hard to see sometimes. Obviously, they're both doctors. Again, two smart people. But the way she puts him on such a pedestal and, like... He's the king of the house. And I think yeah. he respects her. I think he respects her more than she respects herself. I actually I, think Damon would, is a little controlling, but he respects Heavenly. Like, he he lets her work. I hate saying that. But, like, yeah, right. Heavenly always diminishes herself to that. Like, well, Damon lets me have a job. No, sweetie. Your good grades, your aptitude, and your ability to learn and understand teeth, that is what lets you have a job. <laughs> your, your ability <laughs> Not to understand. Not a man. <laughs> Yeah, I she definitely like devalues herself a little bit just so that but it's again so that he can feel like he's the big doctor, 
big man on campus. And then she's just like, so lucky that he liked her and picked her. It's like, oh my God. Girl, you're a beautiful woman who was smart and could make her own money regardless. You need to show the man you want him and don't need him. And that's what makes him stay. Because I have a question for you. Do you think that Mariah has the receipts from a few years ago when she said that she has receipts and evidence that people have slept with Dr. Damon? Because I don't know if it's, it's I don't know. But I believe at least one. I don't know. I guess the thing is with these doctors, you meet so many people being a doctor, people constantly coming in and having your information and having your email address. I feel like it's a really easy way to meet someone and the girl can say, hey, do you want to get a drink tonight? They go get a drink. Fuck. And that's that. And doctors are, you know, quote unquote, like, uh, people of like high positions, positions of power, which like really turns women on. So uh, evidently. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't think he would cheat. I have like, I think he's like a family man. They have good kids. Alora is a ray of sunshine consistently. She's yeah, definitely so going to be a cute little thought very soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think so too. And I find it hilarious because her daughter was trying, I mean, her mom was trying to um, talk to her about sex on TV. And she was so upset. I think Aurora was a little blindsided and she was like, I'm not having this conversation. And she was like, you don't want to know about sex? And she was like, no, not right now. Not from you. And it's one of those things that I know was definitely produced, but I do believe a lot of these women are really good mothers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hate to shit on motherhood. So sometimes with the exception of Simone, because something about that just really doesn't feel right to me. And especially coming from the fact that her son made some comment when they were getting froyo about like how he didn't like chocolate women and yes. how he didn't like darker women who were and I think sometimes with that, there can be a, t- a, a a little tiny ounce of projection of uh, some form of resentment or disdain for their mother deep down that mm-hmm. they may not have addressed. So he might love his mom, but something about his mom makes him not want to see his mom and his future wife. And yes. that is a very telling sign when a man chooses a girl as far opposite of his mom as possible. Absolutely. So I think that there's something there in that regard. Um, I think they're definitely much closer with their father, but I think her Simone does a lot of times emasculate her husband because I don't think she needed to check with Cecil before she got a Maserati, but I think she should have ran it by him if you're going to buy a $100,000 car. Yeah, usually, usually that happens. I'm thinking about getting a new, nice, fancy car. And he'd be like, okay, what are you looking at? You don't think he, he, first of all, not to, you know, categorize people into gender roles again, but like, you don't think he would have wanted to be interested in the car purchasing looking process of a Maserati? He is a very traditional man. Yeah. He was going to probably be like, oh, yeah, get this one. Oh, no, you want to be in this one. He probably knew something about her, at least wanted to at least be in that process with her. If my spouse, my partner, man, woman, in between, gender non-binary, whatever, if they bought a car from our savings, it was over $130. We have a problem. You can't just take a hundred grand from something and then be upset when he takes the same amount basically or less to start a business because you weren't on board with the business, Mm -hmm. but you're going to buy a whole new car. The car has zero re um, like revenue potential. Yeah. 
I, I don't know what's wrong with them. I think once they got the separate house, I was like, this is the kiss of this death. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. You and think I he's think... not going to have another woman in that house? Come on. Come oh, yeah. one on. One kid is at school. One kid is in college. And he, what, didn't have a job? And now that he has real estate, he might be making more than you two? Oh, girl, he's meeting people. There's something going on in that. Also, and I think like... that she moved back home just to keep an eye on him. Oh, yeah. Also... Why can't your husband compromise? Why can't you guys just get a house? Like, obviously, she has a schedule that's like waking up really early and staying really late. Why can't these men just like do something a little bit outside of move their own move little move to where her hospital <laughs> is? It's not that yeah. hard. Impossible. Impossible. You, you have two grown boys. The youngest one is like 15, 16. Tell them to pack up that house and you're moving to where your mom's job is. That's all it is. It's the minimal amount of support that she would have needed to be able to be closer, get closer to the hospital, and still have a nice home and be with her family. Like, why would you make her subtract herself from her family just because you, what, don't want to pack a box? Yeah. Pay someone to do it. You have money. It makes zero sense to me. But I think that we'll see them go back and forth, especially this season and those to come. We'll see a lot of the relationships change. Um, I do want to know from you as like a little bit of a wrap up, what is, what has been your favorite scene or uh, yeah, scene thus far this season? We haven't had a lot of episodes, but and nothing like super impactful, but there are some, some standouts. I mean, I just think I loved the scene where the girls were uh, near the, the, big dicks like I, like I, I like I loved seeing all of them just like giddy like Dr. Heavenly like has never been near a man like that in her life and she loved and, every second of oh yeah and I love how they like hid it from their husbands like they all kind of knew they were like daddy's not gonna like this like <laughs> he cannot know no. and then him sitting at that table and they're all like you don't know what happened and he's like eating a wing and he's like no that was her oh my god i was so thrilled with that entire arc oh so good what about you my favorite so far i think beyond you know sounding redundant and having the same one with toya at the party i think mine is so so sentimental and sweet when the boys toya's sons saw their new house for the first time like as it was finished oh, yeah. because I can tell it was truly like disheartening to Toya to have this miscarriage and then to keep moving them from house to house to house, three houses and they're young. She just wanted them to be settled and to feel happy and love their house. And yes, it's impossible to have everything moved in in 24 hours, but she just wanted them to come home from school and be excited and seeing them look, their look on their face when they came to the backyard and saw the pool and they were like, Oh my God, this is our house. I just, I love seeing happy mm. kids. And I like seeing them finally get it right because we've seen them together go through the bad times of the money, now the miscarriage. And now to finally see them kind of have a win as a family, it made me very, very happy because I like, I really do like their family. I like both of them together, not always separate, but I like them together. I think they work really well together. And I Mm -hmm. love seeing happy kids see a pool because I would have loved to have a pool when I was their age. Same. (laughs) Absolutely would have loved that. And I will say that my 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 pit or my least favorite moment so far is this Mariah trying to 
actively denounced that she did drugs by constantly bringing Ugh, up yeah. the fact that she did drugs and then breaking down on her husband, you know, this past episode. I go back and forth with Mariah because I love her. I think that she, we wouldn't have had the show without her, but I did meet her in person. And when I met her, she looked tired, like worn to the ground tired. Her and her husband were walking through the Battery, which is like a big um, base. It's a baseball park, but like a lot of restaurants and shops in Atlanta. And I was there and I saw her and her husband holding hands. So that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love Dr. Aiden. He was so obliviously fun to talk to and to see. He was just like, get a selfie. Like, look at all these lights. You got to take a selfie. And I was like, you're fun. But Mariah looked worn down. And it is right around the time that they were filming. So it's my pick because I feel like we're probably, she's, it's going to get worse before it gets better, at least for her. And she'll end up being, she'll start the show and be the, probably the most disliked person about the show. Yeah. Also, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, so you can dish all of this trash at other people, but then one can't comment about, yeah, about you doing drugs, which like, you're probably on drugs. A lot of people are like, yeah, you know, really ask around if you're on television, great chance you've either like done coke or been around it like whatever yeah. girl but like don't protest too much like yeah honestly i think that's that's really it have you had a least favorite scene so far this, this season or one that I made you really cringe let me think i don't really know it off the top of my head per se but i Definitely don't like Mariah's husband. He gives me creepy vibes. Like, every time I see him, like, he's just my pit. Like, there's something about him. I find him to be, like, a little bit of, like, I don't, like, I don't want to say, like, he's like a pussy in my head. Like, I, I hate yeah. saying that. Like, I think Mariah I feel like, runs that house. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about him when I see him. Like, I know he's so ride or die for her, which is great and needed. And men, some of the men on that show probably should be. But I don't know. He just doesn't do but it But he also me. doesn't reel her in enough, in my opinion, either. I think that, and not that, you know, you need a man to, like, calm you, to, to control you, but definitely maybe a partner should be able to calm you down instead of riling you up. And when she called him this past episode, he got so pissed that she could not vent. So she could not be calmed down. And I think that if you have a wife that is like Mariah and like a pit bull or something like Heavenly has, that Damon does sometimes calm her down, you need someone to reel them in so they don't have a freaking heart attack. Like, for that alone, like, she's uncontrollably (laughs) crying. At least tell her, it'll be okay, you know the truth, like, calm down, do you want to leave, how do I help you? Like, something. Give give the woman some support. I think it's a central theme that we can agree on, is that married to medicine ladies, they need more support. Uh, A little bit. (laughs) In in a marriage, you know? They might, they might, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) maybe, you know, good, good thought. Maybe they should want some support from their husbands. All right, that's our show. And thank you so much to Megan from Bravo Happy Hour for coming on. Absolutely amazing. She is a fantastic new friend that I feel like I have made. And um, if you want to follow her, you can. Uh, Bravo Happy Hour is her Instagram and also the name of her podcast, wherever you podcast. Um, And for me, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am at Mixing with Moni and my ex ing W I T H M A N I. And of course, please, please, please review, rate five stars, um, and 
let me know your thoughts and feelings. DM me. I love talking to people every day about Bravo things. My thoughts and feelings that go a little bit more deeper than I would on my regular posts or stories, you know, minus the PSA announcement that I made the other day about how we need to, you know, kind of curtail the racism on Housewives a little bit. But beyond that, I love getting to know all of my listeners, all of my followers. Um, I love when the two worlds combine. So feel free to find me on any podcast platform and to like and subscribe and rate and review. And I hope to see you on my Instagram soon and have a great week. Yay!